I'd like to talk a little bit this morning with you about that idea of New Year's resolutions. Um, and before I actually do that, and before we get into this, I think it'd be fitting if I just open us up uh, this morning together for our first encounter of the year with a word of prayer. So if you'd bow your heads and pray with me. God, I thank you so much for the students that you've seen fit to bring into this room, the staff and the faculty. Um, thank you, God, for the people that I get to work with uh, and sit up here with, converse with. Um, God, I thank you above all else that you are a God who is faithful in spite of our failures and in the midst of our successes. God, I thank you that you are a God who gives us promises that don't change from year to year. God, I thank you that you are present with us, that you have plans and purposes for us um, in this next calendar year that we can't see, but we know we can entrust to you. And I want to ask and pray that whatever your will is for Southwest, uh, and even just for this encounter, that God, it would be done and not our own. This morning, today, this week, and this year. We pray this, um, setting aside our times together uh, in encounter for the rest of this semester. In the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, amen. So this morning I opened uh, by asking you about whether you set some resolutions. And lately, I've been trying to think a little bit about this um, and had some conversations with staff and faculty. You guys have probably grown up with New Year's resolutions and setting goals um, as being part of the fabric of your life every year. Some conversations might center around this. Uh, Maybe after the ball drops on New Year's Eve or maybe the next day or the next week, maybe even in classes. Um, There was actually a time years ago where we would do a whole encounter, the first encounter of every year. We would sit down as a group, as a whole school. We'd hand out sheets of paper, and we'd say, what are some goals that you have for this semester? And at the end of the semester, uh, we would actually visit those goals together, give them back to you as you entered an encounter. Um, And I had some colleagues, some friends, and some conversations with you as students years ago about that process and whether or not it was helpful. And ever since then, it's gotten me thinking, this whole resolution thing, like the whole like setting goals, is it actually helpful? well, a long, a long times, uh, maybe some of you guys are huge goal setters, even freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors. Some of you, maybe you're very dedicated. Like, I set a goal, and I dedicate myself to it, and I accomplish it, and it's super helpful for me. Others of you feel crushed by some of the goals you've set. I set them. I don't accomplish them. Um, and maybe some of you just blindly go through life without thinking intentionally about what you're going to do next, uh, and you're not actually thinking intentionally about much at all. Um, So understanding that all of us in this room are in a different spot, the big question I want to ask today is, is this actually, this whole process of setting goals um, and New Year's resolutions, is it actually helpful for our spiritual life? Is it biblical? Is it helpful or is it hurtful? Is it some kind of secular self-help thing or is it actually like a spiritual discipline that we should do? Um, And we, on the one hand, want to be intentional. On the other hand, want to leave... um, room for God to do his work. And so what I've done uh, is invited for us this morning some panelists to discuss their thoughts on these ideas, um, knowing that they may not all see things eye to eye, and that's great. Uh, And I had staff and faculty do this um, because just by way of experience, we've all experienced more 
new years and more goals and resolutions over the course of life than a lot of you as students have. And so I wanted to um, just pick their brains a little bit this morning on how has this impacted them and their spiritual life and those that they've observed in the course of their journey. So that being said, um, we have Mrs. Palumbo, Dr. Heinch, Mrs. Shawnee Johnson, and Mr. Avery. Let's give them a hand for being with us this morning. There we go. So first question uh, for our panelists um, is just what um, has been your experience with the value of setting goals like New Year's resolutions? Um, Has it been positive, negative? What's it been like? What's been your experience? And I'll just open it up for any of you to share first. I can start. Um, Overall, it's been really positive. I tend to be more of a goal-oriented person anyways, but... um, I think any time that somebody sets a goal, um, you, either win, you either win or you learn through the process. Um, I know for me personally, um, I used to be incredibly kind of tactile on the goals that I would set. Um, and I would, it's just, it's just interesting like how as, as, a, as a human being, like as I've grown through it, um, I probably learn more from the times in which I fail goals. Um, because then you get a chance to be able to go back and kind of reverse engineer the process and figure out what did I, what could I have done better? Um, and it's just, it's just interesting. There's process related goals and then there's, um, there's objective related goals. And, um, I know for me personally, um, it's been a huge benefit. I think anybody who sets a goal, you're adding a direction to your life and you're adding a purpose to your life. And I think that should be commended. But what I would also challenge you to think about too is at least from my own life, you learn a lot more from the times in which you don't actually reach your goal um, than when you do. Um, I personally do like the process of sitting down, trying to write down goals that you want to achieve for the new year. I've done that before, like with my siblings. I've gone to coffee shops and write down a ton of goals. But what I've noticed when that has happened is... I kind of overreach and I write down so many goals that I want to achieve that then I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, I can't do this. And I think that what I've learned since doing things like that is like, okay, let's build habits that can, like your goals should ultimately lead to habits. And I think that's where it's more sustainable. Um, And I think that, um, just trying to achieve too many things at once might be overwhelming, but I think too, looking for something that's realistic and achievable is huge. So like, I have things that I want to work on this year that in my head I've thought like, okay, I need to work on doing that. Like I should start, but it doesn't just have to be the new year. Cause I think me as a person, if I don't start January 1st, I'm like already, I'm already behind. Like this is stressful, right? <laughs> so I think what I've come to realize in life is like, okay, yeah, the new year is a great time to reflect and the like, but um, you can be trying to achieve goals all throughout different seasons. So like maybe in the summer you have like a fitness goal you're trying to achieve. Maybe in the school year you have um, an academic goal you're trying to achieve and kind of compartmentalizing it like that can be helpful. Um, But that's kind of my response. I don't really do the New Year's goals as much anymore. I just try to do habits that I keep sustaining. So, Uh, For me, I'll probably be uh, alone up here, but I'm not a goal setter. 
So uh, I've never been one to set goals and uh, try to meet those objectives. Um, with that, though, uh, I would say two things um, just from what I've observed from people who, who are goal setters, one kind of just practical and the other more, more, more personal is that um, goals are neither, are neither good or bad. They're, they're just a tool or device. And one of the things that I've learned, again, in my interactions with, with people who are more goal-oriented is, is either the goal serves you and then it's positive or you serve the goal and then it's negative. Uh, so that's kind of just one bit of practical information or advice. And then I think the other, the other bit is, um, personally, when I, was, when I was a student, so when I was in high school, I was a really bad student. Um, part of that was probably because I was not goal-oriented and there were very little expectations for me uh, from home in terms of education. And then by the time I got to college, I really, really struggled my first few years. I think I had like a 1.7 GPA. And uh, yep, terrible. Um, and one thing that really, really helped me Dr. is... Dr. Heinch. Yes, I know. <laughs> so God is not done painting your picture because... Uh, God can change you if you were like me, uh, or if you are like I was. Um, but I would say that one thing that really impacted my life is my end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year of college. I really learned how to be a student because I happened to get kind of a friend group that were quite goal-oriented, and so they like helped me learn how to be a student and learn how to learn and study and enjoy that. Uh, I would say maybe some of the negative with that, though, was uh, sometimes that group could just have, like, tunnel vision in terms of, like, meeting the goal, and then you didn't always feel like they were present with you as a friend um, because they were just consumed with meeting the next goal. So, Can I ask a follow-up question for you, Dr. Hench? How would I, how would I know if the goal is serving me or I'm serving the goal? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say, does it um, define you, right? Is your, is your identity wrapped up in that particular goal? You know, I know as a high school student, sometimes grades can define us. So we have a goal of the almighty A. And when we don't get that, um, we feel like we've failed and we are less than who we're supposed to be. Um, I think I'm a, is this on? Okay. I think I'm a combo goal setter, not goal setter. I grew up as a goal setter because I was an athlete, and I think that is um, really important um, as an athlete. And I think that it was it helped me achieve some really big goals that I don't think I would have done without being a goal setter. And now as I've gotten older, um, I do not set goals at all. Um, I think because I don't like losing and I don't like failure, so I try to avoid that <laughs> with the New York New Year's resolution. Um, but what New Year's has evolved for me and for my family, actually a handful of years ago, um, we have used New Year's Day as my husband and I and like a few of our couple friends get together, and we use it as a time of reflection. Um, reflecting over the past year, what has been good about it? What has God done? What do we want to leave back in 2021? Um, and then we look forward together and say, um, who is God making me? What is he doing in me? What, how do I want 
him to let him use me this coming year. Um, and so that's really what we love about New Year's in our family is just that time of like, how has God been faithful? And, and then looking for what, what will he do? What is he going to do next? Um, and so it kind of shifts from goals to reflection and casting vision, I think, for me. Thank you, Mrs. Johnson. So let me ask uh, a question specifically about um, spiritual life. And um, have you found goal setting uh, to, in your own life or in the lives of those you observe, um, have you found it to be something that's overall a pretty big hindrance to our walk with Christ or something that's really helpful? Um, And maybe the question could be varied and not quite that black and white, but... um, what do you think as far as your, your, your experience and understanding of um, the actual effect of setting goals? I know, so I'll speak for my own journey, too, in that, um, guys and gals, I had a lot of mentors in my life who were very disciplined people. And um, kind of like Dr. Heinz, I was not always awesome at setting goals and meeting them, uh, I, but I, was, I felt a lot of pressure to, to set them and that a lot of my identity sometimes did get, I would say, wrapped up in setting goals. Uh, some of the people that were huge spiritual influences and mentors in my life were the kind of people who had a really regimented spiritual life where they would get up in the morning at 5 a.m. They would do their 45-minute workout, and then they would pray for an hour, and they'd read the Bible for 45 minutes, and they did this every single day, and they had uh, a prayer journal of people that they would list out, and they would pray for those people and reach out to them and contact them for the next hour in the morning. No, no exaggeration, there were a number of mentors in my life, and they had full-time jobs uh, who, who did this, and I felt a, um, a deep sense of guilt and a deep sense of like spiritual inadequacy because of um, measuring myself by their own incredible accomplishments, their own incredible like discipline. And every year they would say, like, these are the new goals that I have, and they would accomplish them. And I was constantly feeling this sense of just uh, I'm inadequate. I can't do that. I'm failing in my spiritual life. I'm failing in my own ability to have and exhibit willpower. So it's part of where the question comes from for me is that in my own journey, I found it to be uh, at times crushing um, to see others succeed so well on their goals. And then when I would set mine, I didn't quite, I wasn't able to measure up to that. Um, so that's part of my own experience and where the, where the question kind of comes from too. Um, and how that affected me is another story, but um, and what, where I've gone with that. But what about for you? How would you say, in a sense, it's affected your, your spiritual life or those around you? Um, I can relate to the concept of seeing someone wake up really early and thinking that that's the time when you're supposed to spend with God. I think when I was in high school, I aspired to do that before um, class. I would try to wake up early, have my quiet time. Um, but it wasn't very sustainable for me because I wasn't sleeping enough and I was always super tired. So that was a goal that kind of waned during high school. But right after high school, I took a gap year and I did YWAM and I was in Chile for three months. And this was a very rigorous like discipleship training program. And we were forced to go to bed at 1030, forced to wake up at 630 every single day. You'd wake up at 630 get ready in a half hour, and then boom, you're outside for an hour with your time alone with God. And at first it was like, how do I fill an hour? Like, 
what the heck? And then that was like the goal. You're just supposed to be praying, journaling, spending time with God. And then another part of the school program was you read your Bible throughout the six months. Um, So your Bible reading of trying to get it done quickly was like another side thing apart from your time with God. Um, And I'll just say that built a habit in me that once I was in college my freshman year, I was like, I'm going to bed at nine, like waking up at five. Like I would wake up before my roommates. I'd walk out in the hallway and just like sit for an hour and read my Bible. And that was a habit that was sustainable for me because I had kind of, my body had gotten used to getting enough sleep, waking up at the right time. Um, But that said, like my dad is someone who every single year, first of the year, he's like, I have a new program. I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And he like emails it to all my siblings and me. He's like, guys, read the Bible. And it's like, yeah, dad, like I've done that. I've done the program. But if I use that program for my quiet time, it like takes something out of my quiet time. I need to be like praying and maybe God will lead me to another verse when I'm praying and then I suddenly am in a different passage, a different book of the Bible. Um, I think if you have a goal to read the Bible in a year, you should do it. But maybe that program should be apart from your quiet time, if that makes sense. And I'll say one more thing and then I'll stop. Um, I do think it's cool to build goals to like foster the spiritual disciplines. I've done that with people and how I've prayed with others, but when you think about it, if it's a relationship, you shouldn't have to base your relationship on goals. If you think about friendships and stuff, like when you're building friendships with your friends, is it a goal that you hang out three times a week? Like, no, it happens naturally, and that's how it should be. You should feel the natural inclination of like, I need to spend time with God, and I think that's something that develops. Maybe you have to make a goal in order to develop that kind of habit and that necessity. Um, but yeah. I think, I think for me, what I would say is, you know, um, not, not being a goal oriented person, uh, the, the, the temptation to kind of organize my, my Christian life around certain goals has, has, has never been a temptation, but there has been the tension of, um, trying to organize my Christian life around certain people and following in the ways of certain people. Um, you know, gr- growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, and, you know, so, like, the first model of Christianity would be my parents and then certain other figures in my life. And uh, it just took time for me to, to kind of wrestle with and navigate and come to the realization that, like, being a, being a follower of Jesus is being a follower of Jesus, um, not not necessarily um and not well not a follower of um other people not that other christians can't help us and they do and we are a part of this community of faith where we sharpen each other and encourage each other and correct each other but at the end of the day our goal is to follow in the way of jesus to embody the way of jesus not to embody the way of this person or that pastor because those people are are fallen and they're going to fail us and they're going to let us down and so uh, that, that was just a tension I lived with a long time is feeling like I needed to be this type of Christian because of the, the model I saw in these types of people. And now just resting in who I am in Christ, realizing that um, I am in Christ and I just want to follow in the way of Jesus. And that is modeled by other people. But my kind of framework, my frame of reference is the way of Jesus. 
I think it's been helpful. Um, you guys have probably heard of people coming up with like a word um, for the year. I think that's more helpful than actual goals for me personally. Um, and but one thing that, I'm try, that I try to be mindful of every year is asking the Lord, what does he want for me? Um, because we could probably all just sit here and list a list of things that we want for ourselves, but does that really matter what we want for ourselves? Um, and so I think that the key part of goal setting or coming up with your word or whatever it is, however you do things to reflect back and look forward, um, that has to start with him. And so, um, for instance, my word is generous this year. Um, because I've been reflecting on how generous the Lord has been to me. Um, and so that takes, me, that takes meaning into 2022 for me. Um, and not just doing something for the purpose of just doing it, but connecting it to how I've seen the Lord work in my life and, and what I've seen him do in the past year and how I want to reflect that back or um, lean into that or grow into that in the upcoming year. Um, and I think that when you have a word too, it leaves it general enough to let the Holy Spirit move. Like, it's not a specific, like, I want to do this, 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 and this in terms of generosity. It's just, like, I'm just giving the Lord my hands like this. Like, give me ways to be generous. You do it. Um, And I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, I think for... uh... I think for me, one of the one of the most beneficial things that my parents taught me when I was younger was this idea of sanctification, um, the daily striving to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Um, also, having the same understanding that um, we're never going to be perfect, uh, but that doesn't mean that we can't strive to be more and more like our Savior. Um, so, in that regard, I think that the goal is probably a little bit more broad. Um, and it also allows it to take a lot of different forms throughout the day. And to be honest with you, if you set that goal to be sanctified, to become daily more and more like Christ, the hardest thing about it is that you got to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the night and know that most of the days you just didn't live up to the standard. Um, and that's, that's hard. Um, but I think it's also been extremely beneficial. I know for me, um, my family reads a lot. Um, I read with my sons every night. I got a seven and a five year old and, um, my wife and I sit down and right now we've been reading Pilgrim's Progress with my boys. And, um, it's just been a wonderful book to be able to, we have like a kid's version of it. And so it has a little boy acting as Pilgrim as he's walking along the path and he's trying to follow the way of the King. And he continually messes up and he continually takes, um, continually takes a wrong path and um, but the king always puts him back on the right path and he's always there to be able to help him and I think it's been a huge encouragement to me um, every day trying to do my best and also not realizing that I can't do it on my own but partnering with the Lord actively partnering with the Lord um, to be able to try to become more and more like him also realizing that you're not ever going to be perfect um, and I know for me the only way that I can do that is by setting specific goals so I tend to be someone who wakes up early in the morning and has to get my time in. Um, if I don't talk to the Lord first, um, pretty much most of my conversations are going to be doomed because I'm going to be doing it on my own the rest of the day. Um, so I tend to be someone who I want to make sure that um, I pray to the Lord, I talk to him, and I have my quiet time before I see everybody else. And sometimes that's sitting at my desk at home um, in my spot in the house um, where I can do that. A lot of times it's um, in the car. On the way to uh, on the way to school too, um, or it's if I have a prep period or something something along those lines early. So um, 
I think that they combine a lot. I think you need to have big picture goals, like trying to become more like Christ every single day. Um, but for me personally, at least, um, I think that it really comes down to small, tangible ones um, that are very doable and that you can continue to do every day. So for me, that's getting up early. Thank you, Mr. Avery. Um, one other question, and any, of, any, any one of you can answer this, that relates to something you're getting at, which is a struggle that I find in this, is on the one hand, I might think, and you guys all as students might already be launching into um, this semester, and I'm hopeful that you have some, at least minimally, some dreams and visions and aspirations of ways in which you can grow uh, spiritually. I'm hopeful that you actually have a desire to be something different and better and improve uh, this semester, but I wonder sometimes whether the things that maybe you desire, um, the things that I desire to grow in, might not be the things that God has for me, that he might have something entirely other. And so sometimes when I either um, set a goal or even have a vision of like, this is what I think I would like for 2022 or for this semester, um, God might be up there sort of like, that's, yeah, that's actually going to get in the way <laughs> of the things that I have for you. So how do you, in a sense, I guess what I'm asking is how, how do you figure that out and balance that sense of trying to take control of your own growth versus letting God do the work and knowing what his plan is versus your own? I can, I think honestly it comes down to having a purpose for your life. Um, for me, for instance, like, in here coming up and um, coming up in this in this current year one of the things like I, I one of my, my greatest job and role in this world is to be uh, is to be a husband and to be a father um, and that takes precedence over um, over everything else and do my best to be able to honor and glorify the Lord in that and um, I don't think that the Lord will ever argue with the fact that it's my job to raise my sons to be men after God's own heart and it's my job to be able to honor my wife um, in what I do and um, and keep my family is something that's really important. So I know for me, a lot of it comes down to having a purpose um, for your life, and but you can't come up with that on your own. That takes introspection, it takes a lot of time, um, and it takes a lot of um, partnering actively with the Lord, and also understanding that the Lord's probably gonna change certain aspects of it along the way. In fact, I can just about guarantee you that he will, um, and then it's being receptive to that. But in my mind, to answer your question, I think that it really comes down to having a purpose statement for what your life is and then really defining what the principles are that the Lord is calling you to live your life by, more so than maybe a specific goal. Um, I think that if you live your life with the goal of like letting God lead you, then you'll see how he kind of navigates your path. He pushes you forward. So I... Again, right before, or right after I graduated high school, I did um, missions program, and I remember I wrote down, I was like, God, I want to go on an adventure with you. And I would say, like, I wrote that for those six months, but in reality, like, I have continued on this adventure with him. Like, he has led me, like, he decided what college I went to, no joke, it was, he provided, like, 100%. He decided where I went after I graduated. Um, I had goals to go to Spain. I thought that would happen. And then COVID, you know? So um, I've had God lead me in many ways where m many things I said, like, oh, I won't do that. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Like, God ended up kind of laughing and like, no, you are going to do that. Um, so in that sense, though, I have this peace of knowing, like, 
Okay, this isn't exactly the picture I had in my head, but if this is where God wants me to be and this is his plan, like, that's great. If I'm doing, like, like um, a few years ago I was working at Trader Joe's, it's like, if Trader Joe's is where I'm supposed to be for this time, like, that's great. If I impact one person here, that's worth it. And that's kind of how I view my different stages of life. Like if it's for one person, then it's worth it. And um, just letting God lead in that sense has always given me peace. Um, it kind of takes a lot of the questioning out where it's just like, you know, God opened this door. It was totally clear to me that this is where I was supposed to be. Um, and I think living in that way, it's a cool way to live. I will say that, so. Trying to think about how I want to answer the question still. Um, <laughs> I guess the one thing I will say is oftentimes the, the idea of like goals get, get kind of intertwined with the question of God's will and those things. And I think it's really important to remember that the things that we know are God's will for our life are things like uh, and I, I, I have some written down here, like what what Second Peter writes, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. Like that, that is God's will for your life. The, the question is, do you do that at Trader Joe's or Southwest? Well, wherever you are, like you just embody those things. And so focusing on like, like one of my, one, one of my favorite passages in the New Testament is uh, in 2 Corinthians when Paul is writing uh, and he's kind of addressing some, some stuff that seems to be going on behind the scenes and like Paul's like look at the end of the day wherever I am and whatever I'm doing I'm an ambassador for Christ and I'm an agent of reconciliation right like so like as you think about like finishing high school and going, going to college sometimes you get preoccupied with like the goal of college and the goal of like which college and at the end of the day, I think it's just like, just pick a college. And God's will, will for your life is to be an ambassador for Christ and an agent of reconciliation there. So. Yeah, I don't feel like I have much to add. Um, I resonate with what you said. I think knowing your purpose is really important. And I would say knowing a question that I asked myself that I already said um, is asking God, who do you want me to be? Because from the overflow of who he wants me to be falls what he wants me to do. And you could say that is a goal or a resolution or whatever. Um, but I think seeking who he wants you to be, everything, the doing falls in line under that. And he makes that happen. That's good. Thank you. Um, do you have any um, last pieces of wisdom and advice uh, concerning like when these students are thinking about this semester in 2022, what advice would you give them um, in thinking about um, having ambitions, goals, visions for their life and especially as it relates to spiritual life? I would say write it down. Um, my parents taught me to journal at a young age. Um, honestly, it seems like it, it gets kind of boring every day when you do it, um, but some of the benefits are like well, just the other night, for instance, like I went and grabbed a bunch of my old ones from years ago, um, and all of a sudden you take a look at it and you're like, "Wow, I've come a long way." Or it's like, "Man, I've really 
regressed in certain areas. Um, it kind of goes back to like when you talked about like reflection. Um, when you write down a goal and then you give your best, very best to be able to and partner with the Lord in trying to achieve it, being able to, on the flip side of that, reflect upon his goodness, um, it allows you to be able to live a life where you have gratitude and where you can see a lot of the, um, the good things that he's done in your life and in the life of your family. Um, and I know for me personally, if, if I don't write it down, I, I don't remember. I mean, you guys, probably, I was taking notes when all these people were up here just because they have wonderful things to say. And if I don't write it down, I'm, there's no way that I'm going to remember it or it's going to impact my life in any way. So I would encourage you if, you, if you do set a goal, regardless of if it's a process-oriented goal or an outcome-oriented goal, make sure that you write it down. Um, I agree with that, with writing it down, but I also think that um, knowing yourself and knowing um, like what goals are going to be achievable for you. Um, so maybe right now you don't spend time with God every day, and then you're like, well, tomorrow I'll wake up for an hour. It's like, give yourself grace. Give yourself 15 minutes a day, may, or maybe three times a week at first. Like Stuff where it's achievable. Maybe you can't do it before school. Do it the first thing after school. Like just know yourself so you don't beat yourself up for not achieving like the goal that you want to achieve because I think that that's huge where like yeah I think that's the best thing to do just know yourself as you're building your goals too just just take inventory of your life if you're a goal setter ask yourself do I fall into the trap of serving my goals and if that's you Recognize that, that that doesn't mean that, that that goal is wrong. You just might need to reframe the way you think about it and approach it, and then for everybody, just follow in the way of Jesus. Um, I think I would say that the gifts are in the journey. And so I think we can be so set on the end goal and what we're, that final thing we're trying to achieve. Um, and when I think of like the greatest achievements of my life, the gifts where God met me, where he changed me, where um, I really experienced him fully was always in the journey and a lot of times in the hard. And so um, I'd say lean in to those parts that you didn't think were going to be a part of your story and that you didn't necessarily want to be a part of your story um, because that's where the good stuff happens. Thank you. I think I would um, add a couple, couple words of my own too, which is... Um, finding the difference between setting goals as, as has been mentioned here for you guys that relate to character as opposed to specific actions, um, purpose. Um, it's a really good term for this. Something bigger than just, I'm hoping that I can do the following things because God wants you to be a certain type of person, not to do a certain set list of things. God wants all of you and wants us to become more like Christ. And that's going to look in the journey very, very different for all of us. And I've had to come to terms with that. I would say one of the things that's helped me to realize how that looks different for me is my failures. I look back at the ways that I failed to set a lot, or to meet a lot of those goals. And what that does is functions for me. And when I've written them down, it functions as a mirror of my own inadequacies and maybe some of my own strengths that give me um, an uncomfortable picture at times of, hey, maybe I thought I was like this good at that, or maybe I thought I could achieve these things. The reality is 
this is more realistic. Um, and maybe I thought that this is the type of person God wants me to be, but he showed me that actually these are the areas of gifting and these are the areas of weakness that I have. Um, to write those down and continue to be a process of continually refining has been very, very helpful for me and to go back and visit them. But to see my failures as a mirror that I have to sort of face up to. Um, and maybe for you guys, as you reflect on 2021, maybe you failed in a lot of areas. Maybe you failed relationally, spiritually. Maybe you failed in growing in your relationship with God. Know that you serve a God who is a God of new beginnings, a God of grace, a God who is faithful in spite of your performance or lack of performance and action. Know that you serve a God who will give you a new vision that's in accordance with his will and your particular personality and proclivities and giftedness. Know that you serve a God who also desires for you to grow and not to be the same at the end of 2022 as you are right now. Seek him and ask him what that looks like. And one last thing I'd say is um, maybe it's just a word. Maybe it's um, a characteristic. Maybe it's a thing that you feel like God is imprinting on you. Sometimes, if it's not just writing it down, a physical reminder. Um, For me, sometimes I'll set a physical reminder in a place that I will see on a regular basis. It's like, this is the thing I feel like God is maybe working. And maybe it shifts. Maybe it changes. But a physical thing that just you look at in the course of your day, whether it's in the car or in your room or whatever, uh, in the restroom, by the sink, or something like that, your bathroom at home, some place where you're going to look every day and see it as a reminder that, like, hey, this is what God seems to be impressing on me. So thank you so much, guys and gals. I'm hopeful that 2022 brings you closer to Christ regardless. You are dismissed.